Welcome to the Guardians of Grace podcast. Relax, you have found the right place. We're here to serve. Join us, holding to pure grace. Again, relax, join in with us. Listen on, be blessed. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Guardians of Grace podcast. My name's Bill. And I am Steve. It was clearly in my contract that I introduce you. Oh, oh I interrupted. No, no rules at Guardians of Grace. Only grace. Only grace. No contracts. So, Bill, we were talking about one of the comments somebody made on the Guardians of Grace Facebook page. And I think we should dig into that. I think we could all benefit from a look at 1 John chapter 4 is what the brother was mentioning or talking about. And it was, to be specific, it was 1 John 4, 14. And 15. Yeah, and 15. But we can do the, the whole passage from 1 John for 14 and 15 down because it's all telling us the same thing and I don't hear it spoken of the way Bill and I see how this reads. We, we see it reading a different way than I hear on the TV. Although I've heard very little, I don't know that I've ever heard anybody do First John 4, 14. You hear it more like the love of God is available and a lot less that the love of God is actually already supplied in you. Yes, we, we should read the verse first, huh? I'm going to start at 13. How about that? Okay. Can I read 13, 14, and 15? First John 4, 13 through 16, and I'm reading in the NET Bible, the NET, New English Translation. Okay. Verse 13, by this... We know that we reside in God and he in us and that he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the father has sent the son to be the savior of the world. If anyone confesses that Jesus is the son of God, God resides in him and he in God. 14 and 15 are what this gentleman was zeroing in on. Bill correctly read verse 13, and actually it starts in, in verse 12 where it says, No one has beheld God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is manifest in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he's given us his spirit. And here's where it gets confusing. So 13 said in us, right? Yes. 16 says we have come to know and believe the love that God has. And a lot of translations say for us. Yes, mine does. I scratched it out and put in us. If it's in us, then that would line up with 13 and 14. Exactly. It makes the passage read 
bet better because if you say for us, it doesn't really make sense. We reside in God and he in us, or he resides in us. That's 13. And we see that the son to be 15. If anyone confesses that Jesus is the son of God, God resides in him and he in God. So that's another God in him. And we have come to know and to believe the love that God has, and then some translations say, for us. But to be consistent, it should be in us. We, we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. In us. That's one translation, or in us is the N-E-T. Right. The Greek has the, the preposition E-N. <laughs> Doesn't which, get any clearer than that. Which is in. Right. E-N in Greek, that's the Greek alphabet, translates to I-N in the English alphabet. In us. It should clearly be seen as in us. Otherwise, it puts the burden on me because we've come to know... Let me read it the way it's translated in some and, and give you my thought. So... If I read it like we have come to know on the rely, we have come <laughs> to rely on the love that God has for us, and then I ought to love other people. So I'm relying on an obligation now instead of a reality that his love resides in me. So otherwise, now I've made a burden on myself. I'm saying, well, Bill, God, God loved you, and he, his love was for you. You ought to you ought to love other people because he loved you. So you ought to love other people. But it's not saying that because that would be relying on me producing a love for other people that I don't have. Mm -hmm. It's like me. Peter said to Jesus, I, I phileo you. I brotherly love you. Peter could not say to Jesus with a clear conscience, I agape you which is the word love all through 1 John 4. It's all about agape love, which phileo is brotherly love. You give me something, I give you something, and we love each other because we support each other. Agape love is from the Father who would give us, his children, anything and would even die for us. That's agape love. And that's the love that's spoken of here in First John 4. But now the love of God has been shred, shed abroad in our hearts. So it's in us. In us. So with Peter having the love of God poured into him, he could love Jesus. But if it was relying on working it up, he couldn't do it. So... That makes it all the stronger case that we rely on the love of God in us. Let me just do this. To get it in context, starting in verse 8, the one who does not love does not experience God. For God is love. If you're not loving, you're not experiencing God because God is love. And the Greek word there that gets translated knowing allows me to say experiencing. But 
If somebody does not love their brothers, they do not experience God, for God is love. By this, the love of God is manifest in us. See, those two sentences say that they're experiencing God when they love because the love of God is manifesting itself through them. Yeah, the, the, the no word there is the gnosko word. Yes. Not the Edo word. No. And it allows me to say experience, and the experience is what it should be. The, the one who does not know God, the, the one who does not love, does not experience God, for God is love. By this, the love of God is manifest in us. That God has sent his only begotten Son into the world so that we might live through him. Do you see? He is in us. This whole passage is talking about him in us and manifesting himself through us. So it reads like this, starting in, in verse 8. The one who does not love does not experience God, for God is love. By this, the love of God is manifest in us. And this is the reason, okay, it says that God sent his only begotten son into the world so that we might live by his power. We live by the manifestations that he does through us. That is the essence of the Christian life and exactly what 1 John is talking about, that we might live through him appearing in us. And then the next verse goes on to say, in this love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No one, it's good advice, we, we should, but we're back to the actual subject. No one has beheld God at any time. If we love, God abides in us. See, he's back to God manifests himself. He says, yeah, yeah, you guys ought to love each other, but let me get back to the chase. No one has beheld God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us. And his love is, there again, it's manifested or perfected in us. Twice he's really said the same thing. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us. By this we know that we are walking by the Spirit, and the Spirit is walking in us. We are not walking by the flesh. We can tell when somebody's in the flesh because they don't walk in love. When they're walking in love, then they're in the Spirit. This whole book is written for you to be able to distinguish whether you're talking to someone who is in their own human nature or you're talking to someone who is in the spirit because that's what he starts the book off by saying. He says, we proclaim to you 
this person that we have seen and heard so that you may have fellowship with us and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and His Son. We write this to make your joy complete. He's writing this letter all about making our joy complete. And he says, when you fellowship with us, we want to fellowship with the Father and the Son. It didn't say we want to fellowship with you back. It said, when you fellowship with us, we want to fellowship with the Father and Son through you. That's what the whole letter is about, whether you are in the spirit and fellowship can be good or you are in the flesh and it's not making your joy complete. But you see, he tells us that he's writing a whole letter to teach us how to make our joy complete. And that's by fellowshipping with God and his father and his son through us. That's why John is on this path about God manifesting himself in you. No one has beheld God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us. We are in the Spirit, and his love is perfected in us. It's doing its thing. It's showing itself. The other person can tangibly feel that he is being loved on by you because the Spirit of God is coming out of you and showing him love. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he's given us his Holy Spirit. That's the form in which he dwells in us. He dwells in us by the form of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit that lives in us and has been living in us since the day we confessed that Jesus is Lord and got baptized. Because it says that his Spirit abides in us. This is how we know that we can abide in him and he in us because his spirit abides in us to manifest itself through us. Then it says in verse 14, and we have beheld and bared witness that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. And we always go, he died on the cross and gave a paid for our sins and he's the savior. That's not what he's talking about here. It's present tense. He says, we bear witness that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world is talking about saving you from the endemic nature and saving you from all that futility and just manifesting himself through you, which saves you from all the darkness that you could do. But he, he goes on to say, Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God abides in him. See what I'm telling you? you? We all know that what abides in him means, right? It means the opposite of abiding in your own human effort. Your in him, in the spirit, means the opposite of being in your human effort trying to accomplish the goal. You're in him, you're running by the power of the Holy Spirit, and that's what it said. If you confess that Jesus is the Son of God, you know that you're in him. That's because earlier in the chapter, it said, by this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit 
that confesses that Jesus has come in the flesh, has come into human beings to be their savior of the world minute by minute, has come in the flesh is from God. Every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist of which you have heard that it is coming and now already is in the world. You are from God and you are his children. Earlier in the chapter, he said, this is what the child of God looks like, the thing born of God, born of the sperma of God. It's, it's in John 3, 9, 1 John 3, 9. It says that the thing born of the sperma of God can't ever, 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 ever sin. But the child born of the human nature, and it calls it the child of the devil, matter of fact, the child of the devil or the child of the human nature always, always, always sins. But the Spirit of God never, never sins. That's why if you're keeping the commandments, then you know that you're manifesting the child of God, i.e., the Son of God, i.e. the Spirit of God. You are manifesting the Spirit of God when you're doing your commands. That's what the word actually means, Steve. It actually means the end result. Let me just read a few of them here. In John 13, 34, it says, I give, Jesus says to his disciples, I give you a new commandment to love one another just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. We can't do that. We can't do that. Not John, without God. Not without the power that is in us called the Holy Spirit. John fourteen fifteen. If you love me, you will obey my commandments. It's actually singular there, my commandment. We can't do that. We can't agape Anyone. We can't agape God, so we can't keep his commandments, humanly speaking. But if you love me, you will keep my commandments because God is the love. If you're loving God, then it's God in you. You are Godding God. And just like you said in John 14, 21, just six verses away, the person who has my commandments and obeys them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and will reveal myself to him. Question. Is the one who loves him us in our human nature? Well, no. Peter already answered that. Yep. He said, I cannot love the you. The one who loves is the Spirit. That's why it said in 1 John 3, 9, that the Spirit never ever sins. The child of God, who's born of the sperma of God, inside of us it's talking about, the two natures, the human child or the spiritual child, the spiritual child never, ever, ever breaks a commandment. So if you see yourself doing the commandments, you're godding the commandments. God is in you doing the commandments for you. And this word will bring that out. I got two more. John fifteen ten, next chapter over. If you obey my commandments, you will remain in my love. It's the word abide there. In my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commandments and abide in his love. And then two verses later, 
My commandment is this, to love one another just as I have loved you. So do you want to know what that I do. Greek I, word I, I for command? I want you to give the insight that I, I already know that you have because it, it's powerful. Let me find the Strong's can't, definition can't, first. Can't believe I just said the word powerful. Mm, that's Ooh. powerful. <laughs> We always heard this preacher do that. Mm, that's powerful. We've always laughed at it. Here I use the word powerful. Yeah, we'll be the judge of that. Okay, the word for that Jesus uses that's translated commandment is, it's a compound word, entelome. Entelomai, I think it's pronounced. And it comes from two words, in or inside, we know that one as en. He's, he's in us, and tell us, which is a completed act, a completed work, a finished work. You agapeing someone is only because God finished a work inside of you that allows you to love other people with agape love. It does not come from you. It's implanted in you. You're actually, you just read the verse. Love is from God. When you love one another, you're actually godding them because only God can do the agape love. Matter of fact, Bill, you're, you're making me remember that back in First John, it says that no one has beheld God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in love, and his love, that, that word is sometimes translated perfected or complete. Complete. He teleos completed. Word. Exactly. In teleos, he, the love of God is being in teleos. That's right exactly there. what it says. Yes. That, that's the commandment. It's in teleos in you. It's inside completed it's inside finished in you. Yes. And so read that verse again. It's cool, isn't it? No one has beheld God at any time. If we love one another, it means God abides in us. And it means his love is in tele on us. In us, in teleon, in us, perfected, completed, in us. Anytime we, we see in our day-to-day -day experience the love of God coming out through us, it's being completed. When, when, when it comes out and he manifests, he's just complete, completed the job. He's completed the task that God gave him, like in Ephesians 4, where it says... I was given this grace to speak about a ministry that the manifold wisdom of God might be made to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to Jesus's etern God's eternal purpose which he accomplished in Jesus. The task that God just wanted to accomplish through you or wanted Jesus to accomplish through you just got completed. He did it. He did it the right way. It was the Holy Spirit of God that caused you to 
walk and act righteously. And these are a lot of times people that are pretty hard even to like. But that's how the children of God are manifest, that we love one another. And since we can't do it, it's God loving people through us. And we've got, got our old word, fanaru, yes. that we get manifest from. It is Jesus doing his thing through us. And we get the benefits. That's what lays us up treasures in heaven. Jesus doing his thing through us. We don't humanly produce the treasures that get stored up in heaven because they don't make it through the fire. We produce wood, hay, and stubble, and the fire burns that, but everything Jesus did in us makes it through the fire, and it's gold, silver, and costly jewelry. Gold, silver, and costly stone, yeah, as opposed to wood, hay, and stubble. Do you see how all this is tying together to say the same thing? It's all about the difference between flesh and spirit and what your human nature can do and its capabilities versus the spirit's capabilities, which far succeeds the human capabilities. All this New Testament is telling you about that fact. All of this New Testament is telling you, do not use your human nature to try and please the people around you. Because it's no longer about pleasing God. He's already pleased with us because of what Jesus did. We're not trying to please God. That's not why we obey commandments and everything. We obey commandments because God is actually causing us to obey he the commandments. He it inside of us because he, he's accomplishing whatever task he has for Jesus to do through us, he is accomplishing that. And it happens every day it happens. God has something for Jesus to do in you every single day. You can feel and experience God every single day. That's what this New Testament about is about. It's not about giving you a bunch of do's and don'ts and telling you how imperfect you are at whatever verb is used that they beat you up and tell you you're not doing enough. You need to do more of that tithing or whatever they do. It's not about that. The, the whole entire New Testament is telling you that he put his son in you to do for you what you can't do for yourself. That's what the whole New Testament is about. That's what the passage in 1 John 4 is about. You, you see how saturated it is with the idea of that. It's on the one subject about you can manifest God and you don't manifest God when you're in your human nature. The whole book of 1 John is about being able to tell whether you're fellowshipping with the Spirit or and your joy is complete or you're fellowshipping with the flesh, not so complete, not not as joyous. It's not a telling. It's not See, finished. Yes. It's you. not a completed. It's not inside completed in you. You're right. And you can tell because when you're striving, you're not resting. And when you're resting, you're not striving. Except in one case, it says strive to enter the rest. Strive to enter the rest. If you're going to make an effort, make an effort to in 
Intellios. Intellion. Intellion. Because when you are making every effort to enter that rest, you will do what Paul said, by the grace of God, I am what I am because I labored harder than all the rest, but it wasn't me laboring. It was the grace in me laboring. That's what will happen when you rest, when you take the responsibility off of your shoulders and you have that, take that, I've got to do it for God mentality off your shoulders and rest and say, I want to wait for God to come through and help me out with this. Then you're doing the new covenant. That's where the new covenant is. We watch God accomplish things through us and we give him the credit and it stores up treasures in heaven for us. And it's we know and rely on the love that God has for us. So reliance is another. And do you see how it's point? We rely on the love God has for us. We don't rely on the love we grew up making. Or trying to. Trying to is a better word because we never actually make any love. We, we don't. It doesn't attain that agape level that needs it can't no i would say peter is the best example because if you check peter's commitment level in the upper room discourse it he was solid behind jesus loving jesus wasn't he in his human effort commitment and he totally he failed said, him he said i will die with you tonight and he failed he didn't do even compared himself to the other ones, other disciples. Right. And then he had this very threatening eight-year-old girl. That <laughs> 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 you're one of his disciples. She was an eight-year-old ninja, though, we got to tell you. She was a ninja. And he caved. And he caved. He said, oh, I don't know I don't the know. man. I don't have nothing to do with him. I don't know the man. Then he looked over at the man and a bunch of sadness and failure came in to him. And he, he took up fishing again. He went back to fishing again. He had left his net to follow Jesus. Now he went back to the nets and was fishing again. That's just total, I give up. That is giving up in the largest way. But what happens? Jesus comes to the side of the sea where he was fishing and restores Peter. Do you really love me? Do you really love me? And he's, now he said, no, you know I don't. I, I, I like you, and, and I, I really wanted to protect you. I wanted to have your back, but my fear got the best took over. But what casts out fear? Love. Perfect love. And the word for perfect is the completed love. And that's but, right here in First John chapter 4. So that the intelios, the perfected, completed love, would have cast out the fear that Peter had that night to deny him three times. But the love of God had not yet been shed abroad in his heart. 
that's the part that's implanted in you. His love is implanted in you. And that's how you can know that it's manifesting or that you're, you're seeing it, that that love uh, stands up to fear. It's, fear is no match for the love of God. But so, our love gets a can of whoop, you know what, put on it by our fear. Our love doesn't make it. So if you're going to a large event, a birthday party, or a big group of people that are celebrating, and you're actually, you can feel your knees jittering because you're, you're just nervous about going into that crowd because you don't know what you'll say in front of the crowd and you have nothing to say. Just, just give that burden to Christ and say, God, you just say what you want through me. And you know what? You'll be calm, cool, and collected, and you'll say the right things because the Spirit of God will be controlling you. And it's much better than when your human nature that houses the sin man controls you because the sin man will just make you do what you don't want to do and not do what you do want to do. And it, the sin man will make you do all the things that you don't understand, all the things mentioned in Romans seven fourteen and following that Paul talks about. That's what happens when you go to the party counting on your own human nature to make you shine at the party. You'll do what you don't want to do. You won't do what you will want to do. And the vicious cycle goes on and on. You won't please anybody. And that is what the new covenant is now about. Jesus, uh, Paul said, I am a servant of God sent to the Ephesians. He was a servant, not serving God, like not serving him tea and donuts and stuff like that. He wasn't serving God. He was God's servant to the people around him. That's what we are. We are God's servant to the people around us. And we use his spirit to make us successful, what? Servants. And people around us become attracted to us because they just go, man, you got a great spirit about you. I don't know what it is, but um, I, I, I like it. I'm attracted to it. I'm attracted to that spirit. Use the spirit. Remember that long speech that Jesus gave to Matthew to get him to stop being a tax collector? <laughs> It was a look. <laughs> it was a look. It was a look of love and acceptance. And, and we can have that same love and acceptance for other people that just a kind word changes their life. Kind words. That's what we're all about in the new covenant now. We edify the people around us and we encourage the people around us and we cause them to feel better about themselves because we're servants of God to minister righteousness because that's what the Holy Spirit's ministry is. It's the spirit of, it's the ministry of righteousness. The Holy Spirit is the spirit that ministers righteousness to people saying, hey, you're okay, you, you're, you're, you're doing good, you're, you're 
you're you're great. You're great. You're a good guy. And we encourage people and they become attracted to us. They, it, matter of fact, in the Old Testament, it was said that people from 10 different nations will come just to grab the hem of our gar garment because they realize God is blessing us so much. And can you repeat the Lely doctrine for us again? Oh, I know that those were just your words. That took you a while to figure that out. When I when I mess Trying up, to put loving words, right? When I mess up in front of Laylee or say the wrong words, I say, "Oh, I'm sorry, Laylee," and she tells me, "Oh, those were just your words. They weren't the words of the Spirit of God through me." And Laylee knows that she can just forgive me, blow it off. They were just human words. I get, I get it. You, you tried, but you couldn't do it. I understand we're both waiting for God to speak through us so that the words are edifying. Well, she just says, no, you, you were trapped in your human nature. Those were your words. They weren't the words of the living, eternal spirit of God. And Peter, the apostle, those were his words when he said, I'll, I'll never forsake you. I got your back. Those were his words. Human were, words. They weren't the Spirit's words. And they failed. And they failed. We hope that you guys understand what this passage that the guy on our Facebook page pointed to. He really pointed to some powerful power, a powerful, powerful verse. It's loaded with revelation and everything, and we're glad that he brought that verse to the Guardians of Grace Facebook page. Yeah, God really used him. God uses a bunch of people in that Facebook page. There's just one beautiful post after another. We really encourage you to come check out the Guardians of Grace Facebook page and become part of that community. It will edify you to the max. You'll, you'll get insight into Bible verses and people are just constantly quoting and posting different Bible verses that build everybody up. It's all positive. There's, there's no bickering whatsoever. You, did you realize that? Our podcast is void of any bickering or anybody arguing with anybody else. Everybody's in unity on the Facebook page. I don't think we've had to sanction a single person. Not a single time, no. And they're all talking about giving God the glory for what he does. They're all glorifying God. Yeah, and I like that too. There's nothing worse than you reading some something someone puts on Facebook and you say that's the stupidest thing I've ever <laughs> yep, yep. I've seen on those secular things where they're just saying the meanest thing. The whole, the whole conversation is all one person belittling another person, and they go back and forth trying to get the best, most hurtful thought out that they can. And it's all about hurt. It's the the hurt game going on on some of these Facebook pages. Ours isn't like that. It's not like that at all. It 
builds each other up and it, it promotes love and grace. We just wanted to tell you about it in case you haven't checked it out. Should I close this in prayer? Yeah. Well, there's a couple Facebook pages. One is just called Guarding Grace. Go to guardinggrace.com and it'll give you a link to the Facebook page. Well, or go on Facebook and look in groups of just yes, go in Guarding face, Grace. Go in Facebook and look at a group. It's called Guarding Grace. That'll that'll be good. That'll get you there. We've got other web pages that are connected to it. You'll be able to find them. And we're trying to work on our actual web page. Yep. I'm going to talk to the guy today, as a matter of fact, to see if we can get it straightened up. We need help. Yes. So, Father God, please help us with the podcast in the ways that we can't do it. You give us the words concerning the scriptures. We're, we're your ve- vessel to use, and you always use us. But now provide us with expertise that we don't have. Allow us to get the web page, the Guardians of Grace web page running real well like we want it to. Allow us to do all the things on the computers that we need to do. There must be 60 different tasks for us to do, Lord, and we don't know how to do any one of them and we're out of money so we can't pay anybody but Lord come through in the end and shine show your glory on the Guardians of Grace Facebook page and podcast Father just just bless us with you showing your glory through those tools in Jesus name Amen Amen Good night, you guys. Good night, you guys. We love you.